Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? This is Providence Today, a podcast of Providence Church in Duluth, Georgia. For more information, visit our website at providenceduluth.org. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Providence Today. It is a Wednesday. It's April 15th. And uh, we are still going through COVID-19, and we still have to face so many of the same questions. What's going to happen? When are they going to let us out again? When is the country going to get back to work? How is the economy going to recover? Are people going to survive this virus? Are, Are we in danger? There's so many questions. And you've probably heard this passage read many times already, where it tells us not to be anxious about our life, what to eat or drink or wear, because our life is more than food and the the body is more than clothing. And of course, the scripture does tell us many times not to fear, not to worry, not to be anxious. But I want to focus a little bit today on what our heart should be set upon, the context of this passage in Matthew 6, chapter, what I just read earlier was chapter 6, verse 25, about not being anxious. But this is in the middle of a context that makes all the difference in the world. Why don't we start in verse 19 of the same chapter? Jesus says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for your tre- for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me ask you a question. Where is your heart? Because wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. What is your heart? It is that inner man, that inner unseen person that thinks, that wills, that desires, that plans. It is the entire inner man. And so where your heart is, that is, what is your heart pointed at? What are your thoughts directed to? What do you purpose and plan and will and decide? That is where your heart is. And wherever your heart is pointed, that means that that is your treasure. So what do you find yourself thinking about, plotting, planning, purposing, desiring? That is where your treasure is. Is your treasure in heaven or is it on the things of the earth? Because if it's on the things of the earth, you're trusting in something that is unsteady and unstable. In fact, Paul said this in 1 Timothy, he says, Instruct the wealthy not to be, not to put their hope in the uncertainty of riches, but to be rich in good works, 
Riches are uncertain, even for the wealthy. We find a lot of security in wealth. We think that that means that we are safe, secure, and well taken care of if there's a lot of money in the bank. And as we've seen in the last month, it is uncertain and it blows away like chaff, like dead grass. It just withers, just like that, all because of this little unseen virus. Well, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be, right? So, where are you laying up treasure? What do you set your heart upon? Okay, there's another way of saying this in verse 22. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Okay, so he's using this metaphor of the eye. Why does he use the eye? It's because that is what you look at and, and desire. It's like my son Johnny, when he wants ice cream, the ice cream I'm holding in my hand. If I walk by him with an ice cream cone in my hand, it's like nothing else exists in the world. His jaw drops, his eyes get big, and he stares at my ice cream. <laughs> you see, his eye is directed by his heart to look at what his heart desires. What does your heart desire? It's what you tend to look at. What do you, what do you research on the internet? What catches your eye when it walks by, when you pass by it on the road? Is it that house? Is it that car? Is it that person? What is it? Because if what your eye is set upon is sinful or is temporary, passing away, something other than heavenly, then it will fill your soul with darkness, meaning, meaning evil, meaning unrighteousness. And obviously it will have a negative impact on you emotionally as well. So what is your heart set upon? What do you look at? What is your eye looking at? And then what kind of light is your eye allowing into your soul? And then verse 24, what, what is your, what kind of master do you serve? Who is your master? Who controls your decisions? Because verse 24 says, no one can serve two masters. One of them will always win out. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You can't do it. So if money is the desire of your heart, it will win out when it comes down to it whether it whether it means serving the lord by by sharing the gospel with people or by being honest in your business practices or cheating on your taxes money will win out if, if that is the desire of your heart if that is your master you cannot serve both some people want to have both but you cannot so what does this have to do with anxiety? Well, if your heart is set on things that easily pass away, you are going to be anxious because you have to hold on to that. 
If you store up your treasure in heaven, it's secure there. And how do you know you're storing up a treasure in heaven? That is where your heart will be. That is what your mind will be set on. That is what you will be looking upon, so to speak. Your eye will be on the word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says in verse 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? The word for anxious means simply to care greatly about. And it's not always used in a negative way. Paul had great concern for the churches. We're, we're to be concerned for one another. This, In this context, though, what we are not to care deeply and greatly about is what we will eat, drink, or where he says life is more than these things man you know we we think about this and we're like man that those are the bare necessities that those are the essentials that's what i should be concerned about but jesus is saying here no these are not what make up your life this is not what matters and then he gives us a couple of great illustrations verse 26 look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds, he feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Okay, so he instructs us, look at the birds. They find food, they are clothed, and God is the one that is taking care of them. They're not even close to as valuable to God as you are. This is a, a right view of self-esteem that God does value you more than animals and more than birds. And he knows what you need and, and will take care of you. Verse 27, which of you by being anxious or caring deeply and being controlled by that, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Jesus is saying here that we can't extend our life by being anxious. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You know, uh, my dad told me this uh, illustration of a missionary guy who was interacting with a young man who who wanted to be involved in ministry, but it, he it couldn't make enough money for him. And so the missionary says, well, why do you need, you know, this guy was anxious about he needed a job, right? A better job. He says, well, why do you need a job? And the, the guy says, well, because I need money. And he says, why do you need money? Well, to be able to buy food and clothing and shelter. The missionary says, why do you need food and clothing and shelter? He says, well, so I can live. The missionary asks him, why do you need to live? Why do you need to live? 
What are you living for? What are you living for? What are you working for? What are you toiling for? Why do you need to live? That's a great question. Why do you live? Why do you do what you do? And why are you so anxious and concerned about these things that will pass away? He says in verse 31, therefore do not be anxious, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Who are the Gentiles? They're those who don't know God. Their priorities are completely wrong and they're living from a lie. They seek after those things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. You see, we must trust that God values you more than the sparrows. He values you more than the flowers. He knows what you need. And he wants to take care of his children. So verse 33 says, rather than being anxious about that, See, now there's a contrast. Instead of being anxious and caring so deeply about those things, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He says to seek first, not just first in order, but first in importance. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else and his righteousness to be made right with him, to do things his way, to be in his kingdom and to work for his kingdom. That is what we're to be concerned about. We're to be concerned about the things of heaven that should fill our minds, that should direct our thoughts, that should be what our eye is set upon. And God should be our master, not these temporary things. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We, we do have trouble today and we have to deal with it. Yes, we must work hard. We must be diligent in labor. This is not a call to relax. This is a call to stop being anxious about the wrong things. The things that God will provide for you in his time. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. This is the same Moral of the story of Martha and Mary, where Martha was anxious and troubled about many things, but Mary had chosen the good portion that would not be taken away from her. What had she chosen? She had chosen the kingdom of God. She came to hear Jesus teaching so that she could enter that kingdom. That is what concerned her. That's what we live for. So don't be anxious. I know, I, I know, many of you have lost jobs. You know, right before um, I went to take the, the position at the Master's University and go to seminary, right before that, I had been working for Farmers Insurance and just a miserable job, but it, it paid the bills, paid pretty well. I ended up losing that job. And one week later, I found out that my wife was pregnant with our oldest, Felicity. We were unemployed for four months. We were unemployed for four months. But you know, it was really interesting because 
in the months leading up to that, the Lord had been preparing us with this very passage because there were several other people who had lost jobs at the same time and the Lord took care of them. And he demonstrated this truth that he cares for you. He knows your needs. He knows you're worth more than the sparrows. And what he wants you to do is to trust him and to work and live for his kingdom and his righteousness. Well, we saw that. And so the Lord instilled in us such a confidence in him that, you know what, he was going to provide. And at the end of the four months of unemployment, when I finally started working again, there was more money in my bank account at the end of the four months than there was at the beginning. I had more money in my bank account at the end than I did at the beginning. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen for you. But what I am saying is that God can and will provide for your needs and he will do it in his timing in his way and sometimes that might mean that you will lose a house sometimes that might mean you'll lose a job but god has promised to be with you through it all and to sustain you and he will provide for your needs it says in philippians according to his riches and glory so exactly what you need, what will honor him, what will move you to where he wants you to be, he will do that and he will take care of you. And one day he will bring you into his glorious kingdom where we will never suffer want or hunger. We will, we will never suffer because of bad decisions on our part. We will be with him forever and we will be with each other. So, dear Christian, do not be anxious, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be, and you, the eye is the lamp of the body. No one can serve two masters. Do not be anxious about those things. Let me pray. And uh, may the Lord instill in us a confidence in him. Lord, help us to serve you. Help us to trust in you. And help us to set our heart on your kingdom and your righteousness. To look on that and to dwell on that. Use us, Father. Provide for us. Demonstrate your faithfulness during this very difficult time. And we pray for those that have lost loved ones. Lord, please comfort them. Be near to them and take care of them. Show them, Lord, show them your love in very tangible ways and lift them up. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>